0: Thank you to everyone that has tuned in thus far. The hustle and grind continues as we're now into season two of 52 Weeks of Hustle. I've had such a great time sitting down with industry leaders. Thank you to the leaders and for all the listeners and your continued support. In addition, thank you for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales, a playbook to being elite in the sports business industry. It's available on Amazon in ebook, paperback, and audio versions. Be sure to check out 52weeksofhustle.com. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple. I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry, and I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business and for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name Each week, I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career path, what it takes to be successful, and ultimately, a few key takeaways for you to apply to your every day. Without further ado, our guest this week. Some people just launch right into a sales career without much experience, or some may have had some sales experience and just know that's the path for them. Our next guest had some sales jobs during college and knew that's exactly what he wanted to do, so he was all in. I'm excited to have Anthony Horton, Executive Vice President of Ticketing and Strategy at the Arizona Coyotes. Anthony, welcome to the show. Uh,
1: Thank you for having me, Travis. Uh, We go way back. I'm excited and honored uh, that you allowed me to be on your show. Uh, I hear great things. You have great people on here, Uh, obviously industry professionals I know personally, so I'm always tuned in. So uh, thank you for having me.
0: Well, certainly appreciate the support. And, you know, a lot of people ask, like, you know, is the guests, why do you get them? And it's, it's always people like yourself, right, that are willing to give back. So I'm certainly excited for our conversation today to dive into your career and all the advice you have for listeners. And, you know, let's start with your current role. You've now been out in the desert there in Phoenix and Arizona for about a year now. How's the transition been thus far? Yeah,
1: about 10 months in, uh, you know, closer, you know, reaching my, my first year. Uh, and a lot has happened to me in the transition. I had a, a baby, a baby girl, Kennedy. So congratulations. Uh, that, that I've seen some pictures helped. on Instagram. Very cute. She's yeah, definitely a, a cutie. So definitely blessed to, you know, have a, a child, but born here in, in Arizona, which I was going to be Chicago, but uh, Travis, it's hot here, my friend. <laughs> uh, you didn't tell me how hot it was going to get in the summer, uh, but we've been uh, really enjoying our time here. Uh, But to answer your question, it's been really eye-opening experience for me to be on the executive team here for the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, It's been a true learning experience, uh, being able to build our strategy from scratch um, and collaborating with all departments to make our experience better, you know, internally and also externally. So it's been an excellent experience for me so far, uh, for me personally.
0: That's awesome. And, you know, and the next question is a bit of a softball question because it usually just gets crushed in general. But and I know everything's different, but what's a typical day to day look like for you?
1: Yeah, you know, you've you've been in a a leadership chair um, and, you know, you think that it's one thing, but uh, coming here, especially for the first 10 months, it's really just communication, you know, collaboration of strategizing uh, with multiple departments. Uh, there's not a day that goes by without me trying to think of how we do the business better, yep. uh, you know, from an organization perspective, but specifically in ticketing department, um, there's a lot of, you know, new ways and new strategies that are, you know, coming up. But to uh, you know, make it short, drawn out. There's a lot of meetings uh, regarding strategy and how to increase ticketing revenue. So uh, I'm in most of those. Uh, but, you know, mostly meetings and, you know, some one on ones with my, my leadership team.
0: No, absolutely. And, and, you know, we're talking about revenue and increasing revenue. I've certainly have, you know, been a part of leadership teams out in Phoenix with the Suns there. And it's certainly knowing that area and Glendale and, and just the entire, you know, Phoenix area and in the marketplace, certainly a transient market, a lot of competition and not just the sports teams that are in there, but the golf, the hiking, the, everything else, you know, quick trips to Sedona, LA, Vegas, et cetera. And then you also throw hockey in the desert, which is not an easy sale how are you and your team finding ways to still increase those revenues and grow your business?
1: Yeah, that, no doubt. I mean, if there was a way to figure this out, I probably wouldn't be here. Uh, <laughs> so,
0: you know, it's,
1: it's one of those things where we got to try things, yep. uh, but at first it starts with our vision, right? Like uh, from a, you know, company and organization standpoint, if you don't know the vision, then you're, you're wrong. And it's for us, it's a, to use the power of sports to inspire uh, excellence And impact others, right? And how do we do that in ticketing? Uh, So that's the common conversation. Then it goes to our mission, right? You know, to unite uh, through extraordinary experiences and inspire and bring. Joy to our fans and fans in waiting. Um, I think Javier our, our President Tia always says fans in waiting, uh, which I, I love that term, right? Like you might not be a hockey fan today, uh, but how right. do we, you know, uh, you know create that medium, uh for you to come out and have that experience so you enjoy uh, that type of thing. For us, it's, it's our pillars, um, you know, impact, how we impact in the community, in- inclusion, you know, the DE&I, um, there's, you know, as you know about uh, Phoenix, there's a lot of people uh, here uh, from different backgrounds. Um, how do we tap into that? And the innovation. You know, innovation, we think about what's the new technology that we can use for ticketing? What's the new technologies to reach out to people? But innovation might be a sales structure that you're doing or a process that you're doing. So that's going to be really important for us. And then, uh, you know, I mentioned the sales structure, you know, in order for us to go to anywhere, it's finding that right, the right people. Yep. And kind of rebuilding that way, uh, getting that structure right, uh, so you know people know their lanes and how to maximize uh, their opportunities here. And then experience, right? You know, this is an experience city. You talked about hiking, you talk about golfing. Um, you know, this is the fifth largest uh, city in America, so there's all kinds of sports. So revisiting our experience and how do we elevate it to make it more of memories than it's just coming to a hockey game. Uh, and then it, it involves the strategy, you know, implementation, execution piece. You know, what have we done in the past that worked? What didn't? Can we always do something differently, right? I'm always being challenged. Think of it differently. Uh, and what resources do we need to be successful? And you are going to find new ways to increase our revenue and ticketing.
0: Absolutely. And a couple of things you mentioned, you know, early on to that answer to that question was, hey, take risk, be innovative, Think about things differently. You know, a lot of people read that, hear about it, but still struggle with it. I know you guys out there have really started implementing some things. So, what's your advice to listeners, regardless of role, whether they're a salesperson, a leadership, or whatever, to truly say, you know what, let's go and just do it, you know, and, okay. and, and not worry about things. We need to take some risks. We need to be innovative.
1: Yeah, you know what? That's an interesting question. And for me, it starts from the top, you know. Uh, The Morello Group uh, came in uh, with the mindset of, uh, we're not just going to hire sports people uh, to take this to a sports forum. Um, They have multiple businesses uh, that they're successful in, and why don't we kind of use their models, right, uh, and bring it into sports, so uh, our president and CEO Javier is really, you know, taking it to a different level and is challenging the norms um, of what we've been used to uh, from a ticket sales process perspective. Uh, can we do it differently and having uh, the backing, you know, of the leadership and executive team to try and fail, right? Like sometimes right. you don't have that, right? It's always like, okay, we got this goal to hit, yeah. but in order to sustain growth, uh, you have to try things and fail and this is why they came here to arizona to take over the coyotes is not just to you know live in a short term it's right. did we try things differently and if we did what what learnings did we get what did we, we learn from How did it we make our business better
0: No, absolutely. Early on as well, you mentioned people, and I know early on in your tenure there in Arizona, you've really focused on building the right culture and and hiring talent and retaining top talent. So as you continue to build that out, what are some of those key characteristics you're always looking for in the next best superstars, regardless of the role?
1: Yeah, as you know, I've been recruiting for a really long time, since I was 25, 26 years old, um, and, you know, it, it, it comes with some bump in a road, but I, I realized that, you know, to find a really good person, you got to make it simple, right? Um, someone who's successfully driven, right? Like, um, do you have goals in mind other than just, you know, your goal in front of you? Like, personally, what are your goals to develop and grow? Uh, accountability and adaptability, right? Like, are you accountable for things that you've done? Um, Are you adaptable to new technologies and new processes and thinking things differently? Um, You know, learning and developing uh, is a really, you know, key point. Like, are you willing to do that? You know, are you willing to show initiative and pick up a sales book or to say, hey, I think we should do this a little bit differently. Can we develop this sales model? Um, we know in sales, but in general, that energy and enthusiasm. I always said when I first got into sports, is entertainment, right? Like right. we want to be right. very entertaining because um, it's going to be our first contact we have with the fan. So if you're kind of lazi da, right, about it, it's not going to necessarily drive someone to, uh, you know, listen to you, right, or right. you know, pick up what you're saying. And then last thing is, uh, in order for us to have a complete team, is support, right? Are you a good teammate? a lot of these things you find, uh, you know, in people, but it's the questions that you ask. Um, it's kind of utilizing uh, kind of behavioral science uh, to see if they can fit, you know, and add, you know, to your culture. Because I always said, uh, and I learned this when I was at the Bulls and I, I use it all the time now, it's, it's not necessarily we're trying to get someone to fit in our culture. We're looking for people to add to our culture, right? Yep. Um, that's how you're going to develop a true, true
0: organization. No, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing what you and the team continue to do, not only increase revenue, but, but have some of the best talent you know, in our business. And you know, Anthony, as you look at your career, you've certainly had a few stops with teams that necessarily haven't been on the best on the court or the ice or the field, but you've always found ways to have success. And you've also worked in six, six different leagues now in your career with the NHL, NBA, AHL, WNBA, USL, and G League. So you think about selling, you know, a wide variety of things. What are some similarities that regardless of what league that you, you and your team can always apply to your daily basis to still have success?
1: Yeah, absolutely. First, I was really blessed for working with Spurs Sports Entertainment because um, at that moment, they they did have such a big umbrella. um, And it made me kind of think differently when I first, you know, got into sports. I'm like, ah, you know, I'm just going to, you know, focus on the NBA, but, uh, what I realize is, you know, the, the funny, funny that you say that because each each league is different, but they provide uh, something similar because it all revolves around an experience, you know, for someone. Yep. Um, and it's really a personal contact that you have. I've learned from, you know, selling ice hockey in South Texas, which isn't easy. Right. Uh, right. It's not about the game on the ice. Right. Um, when you are in sales service and operation. It's a it's it's people business. Yep. Um, if you're able to show someone a good time, uh, regardless if they're a big fan of the sport, they're going to be a fan of yours, right? And that's really important. So if you uh, if you don't have the proper, you know, incentives for staff or experience that you're going to provide uh, a customer, then, you know, it, it, it's going to be a little bit different. But if someone's looking to uh, be in the NHL, NBA, AHL, WNBA, it, it's, it's similar. It's a similar mindset. It's really just you know create memories for fans and benefit affinity, right? Um, right? And it's all relatively the same, but you might have to work a little bit harder if your team's not a top performing team. Yeah, exactly. It's all going down to the same thing,
0: and that value proposition always goes a long way. And you know, so Anthony, from your end back to the beginning, you grew up in Willing, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. You have an older sister and brother and grew up certainly around a revenue family as your dad was in car sales, your mom in customer service. So did you always know you're ultimately going to be in sales or revenue generation?
1: No, growing up in Chicago, yeah. I thought I was going to play for the Chicago Bulls, Travis. <laughs> That's uh,
0: true. Valid point.
1: That, that didn't happen. Uh, but, you know, just missed, up, right? Just <laughs> missed the cut. Just just, 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 just missed there. Uh, but, but growing up, I didn't understand what sales was, you know, at the time. Uh, I had two hardworking parents that, you know, were in the business of people and I didn't really understand that. Yep. Um, uh, and I didn't understand it until I went to college and you probably, you know, have a little bit more questions on that, but the, the college of business at Illinois state really provided me uh, a wealth of knowledge, uh, where I took my first sales class, um, and the combination of passion for people and being friendly and, you know, understanding people and, hitting goals and potentially have an uncapped commission really kind of drew me to my competitive side and it made me really want more. Um, I realized that every business in the world needs like a good salesperson from my business school. I'm like, okay, everyone's going to need someone to sell this product, right? So it kind of opened up more doors for me. Um, And then I got older, which is funny. You know, I started talking, you know, recently some strategy, you know, with my parents, right? Because they're in sales and service today, right? Right. And just last week with my dad, I was talking about kind of commission structures in the car industry, what's working, what's not. And, you know, can I bring this, you know, commission structure into the sports world? Yeah. Um, because they're doing such a great job of, you know, incentivizing, you know, their staff. And, you know, it is a type of stuff. We always say, like, coming to a is a showroom. Like, how do we, you know, create that, you know, type of environment here from a commission standpoint? And then recently, you know, talking to my mom about, you know, some of the million dollar accounts, you know, that she's dealing with on the, you know, service side and, you know, how do you, how do we provide, you know, some of that, you know, great service, you know, to sports, right? So it's just a whole family dynamic that makes it, makes me a little bit more passionate about, you know, the, where I'm at now, because I can actually take these concepts and implement it, you know, into, and see what
0: happens, right? Right. And, and truly if- apply it and you know take a little risk and see you know what, what can mirror some other industries. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you mentioned you you went on to attend Illinois State University, received your degree in marketing with an emphasis in sales. And while you're in college, you were an apartment leasing agent and sold lawn care products. So you mentioned we mentioned on the intro that's you know, you found that competitive side of you, you found that beast of hey, sales is what I want to do. What were some key learnings you think back of, whether it be leasing apartments or selling those lawn care products that says, you know what, I still can apply those learnings to my everyday.
1: Sure. And once I kind of finally learned what I wanted to do, like I know my senior year, I was like, I got to get out and get some jobs, you know, Um, and actually started that summer. Um, Now that I knew my path, my number one goal was to kind of get some experience and get comfortable with people. Um, so, you know, being a leasing agent, you think it's, uh, you know, it was actually kind of a really good role for a college kid to be a leasing agent and sell apartments to students. Uh, but it made me realize that, uh, in sales, you've got to work nights, potentially it's uh, unconventional hours,
0: unconventional hours for sure.
1: Working, you know, from six to 9 PM. Right. And then going to school in the morning because I had to do showings. Right. It's really important for me to be out there. And, um, I did that and then kind of leveraged that into uh, my internship, which is paid. Uh, I didn't know I was going to work for a lawn care company. I didn't know that was an option, uh, specifically a lawn care company called Weedman. And I was like, eh, that's but kind of, <laughs> of weird. like, oh, This is actually kind of cool. Uh, but it, it gave me the phone skills, right? To set appointments, you know, meeting clients face-to-face at face their homes. Also gave me a sense of like, uh, you know, industry and like putting notes in a CRM system, right? And right. follow up with people. This is very key to my development uh, of, you know, a next opportunity.
0: I I felt the same way, you know, in college, I I was selling kitchens, windows, and gutter caps door to door. And it was like the first time I was going through a script, really one of the first times I was battling rejections and figuring out how to still get that meeting and ultimately that sale. And so a lot of similarities that you can
2: apply. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate... Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Anthony Horton, Executive Vice President of Ticketing and Strategy at the Arizona Coyotes. So, you know, Anthony, during your senior year, you had the opportunity to attend a sports sales combine, which was run by a former 52 Weeks of Hustle guest, Dr. Bill Sutton during that combine in Atlanta, you had the opportunity to interview with multiple different teams and ended up with the Spurs sports and entertainment group led by another 52 weeks of hustle guest, you know, Frank Maselli. And why did you ultimately make that decision to, to head to San Antonio?
1: Yeah. I mean, what eye opening experience. Um, and I, I wish that we could get those combines back uh, the way it was. Um, I guess that's where I met you at, but um, as you remember, Though, I was the first one to make a sale my first call. Uh, yeah. So I was kind of prepared for it, because I knew, uh, like I said, I was kind of already kind of getting prepared or what that, you know, relationship is, you know, with yep. someone and getting someone to, you know, close over the phone. But um, how I ended up in San Antonio, I, I trusted, you know, Dr. Bill Sutton, um, Mr. Mori Khan, who was, uh, you know, representative of the NBA League office at the time. Um, you know, they told me about growth opportunities. Um, and I just didn't really understand at the time they sat down with me and said that San Antonio, as far as developing staff, uh, would be a great, you know, opportunity to, to do that. I'm like San Antonio, like what? I, I've never been there. Like, what is it like? Um, obviously, you know, Manu, to Park, Tony Parker, Tenducky. Yes, that's the brand, but I right. just didn't, you know, understand it. But of course, Uh, you know, I was like, okay, that's good. But I wanted a job, you know, in a major city or with the Bulls or the Cubs or somewhere I was really familiar and kind of leaving home was a little bit, uh, you know, uneasy for me. Um, But after speaking um, with, you know, Eric McKenzie at the time, who was an inside sales manager, uh, kind of made me feel a little better about, uh, you know, taking a leap of faith. Um, And he gave me an offer, you know, right in faith. And um, that's just how it worked out.
0: No, that's great. And you end up having a great, you know, great success in San Antonio. You sold properties you, you, as you held five different roles in the five years you were there. And your f- first promotion was to the AHL franchise, the San Antonio Rampage, where you helped set franchise sales records. So what were some key learnings you still utilize today from your time? And you brought this up earlier, but selling minor league hockey in a tough market, but selling at a high level.
1: Yeah, no, I was, you know, I, I started, uh, you know, there. And a, a month later, uh, there was an NBA lockout. Uh, so I was like, okay, uh, what am I going to do here? Uh, and luckily, again, they have Spurs Sports Entertainment and a great leadership team to kind of, you know, navigate my career. Uh, and, you know, started selling WNBA basketball in the summer. So I was able to kind of make commissions and really love with the sales process a little bit. I was, uh, to be honest, I was a little bullish, you know, uh, when it, when they approached me about it, right? I was like, uh, you know, I came here to self-NBA. I don't know much about hockey. Right. Uh, but, you know, trusting uh, the leadership there, you know, through Frick Sully's guidance and, and others, um, it was a great opportunity for me. Um, and, you know, me not knowing much about hockey, I utilize my Chicago background and into conversations. I um, mean, you know, the Blackhawks are probably hot thing. I can actually name some people, but... I didn't know much about this sport and I used my interpersonal skills to have prospects uh, to talk about themselves, right? And what they envisioned their ideal experience to be, what were their goals, you know, how are they going to accomplish those goals? Uh, I really focused my efforts really on like face-to-face appointments. I made it my goal to have the most appointments during game nights, right? Like, because I knew if I get someone there, have that experience, the rate of close is that much greater. So much higher. Yeah, let them try it out. I was able to, you know, cop tickets, let them try it out because the price was so affordable for families uh, to, you know, take advantage of the great experience they're going to get. Also working, you know, as a team to accomplish a goal, like really intrigued me too, because it's a smaller staff Um, and we really kind of kicked butt my first year and we won um, AHL ticket sales team of the year, my first year. And that's when I realized I actually took more pride in my team goal than like individual success. So it actually made me strive even harder to hit my goals to help others.
0: You know, and to that point, your, your next stop, Anthony, was you were elevated to the manager of inside sales after selling for a few years. And you kind of talked about that's how you knew that passion for leadership was there. How is that transition? You you went from selling one day to the next day being a leader amongst your peers. Like, how is that transition there internally for you?
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's actually a really good question. And uh, I don't, Ever had the right answer for but uh the funny thing is that i didn't know right like i i didn't have all the answers um yep. you know I, I was naturally leading uh by example um in my you know sales processes and uh you know had some leaders within the uh, Spurs sports entertainment group just thought i should potentially consider it like long term uh, just right. because right. of the things that i was doing Uh, on the phone and bringing appointments down and really just driving revenue, uh, I was leading by example, right? Like we say managers can manage process, leaders are just naturally going to lead by example. So that's kind of how I got the opportunity. But I just remember, uh, you know, once that position opened and just kind of thought about it in I remember, like, just marching into, you know, the VP of uh, sales uh, for the Spurs of Time, Joe Clark's office, and I was like, I want this job, you know. He's like, Oh, well, hold on. <laughs> but that's that was the conviction uh, that, you know, I needed and, uh, you know, I wanted to do, right? And I just, you know, said this is kind of the path I want to go.
0: And many times in this business, you know, and certainly with young leaders, one of the biggest challenges is efficiency. So not only at the time were you leading, you know, a team just new into your career, just a couple of years into selling, but now you're leading, but you're also in charge of selling, you know, five different franchises within the sports, uh, sports, uh, and entertainment brand and family. So what's some advice that you have from that time as far as efficiency is concerned?
1: Yeah, I think, um, if I was to tell myself back then, like, uh, take a step back, right? Um, what's important is understanding short-term and long-term goals organizationally, um, and then write them out and see them every day. Um, I always said, like, you can't accomplish your goal in 24 hours, right? This is going to be a process. So I was always really good at listening to others and understanding the needs of the organization, um, and I was always uh, able to... Uh, put the goal in a holistic mindset and knew that in order for me to even like hit any goals, I needed to make sure the recruiting process is right, the training piece was, you know, and, and, and perfect. And then, uh, you know, really working on and helping with others um, on a strategy piece. So uh, it really started with me as the, the people and, and making them excited to come to work every day um, in order for us to, you know, hit our short term and long term goals.
0: Absolutely. And then, you know, you then have in your leadership career the opportunity to, to head back to Chi-Town, head back to your hometown team, the team that you thought you were going to play for, right? Now you're going to work for the Chicago Bulls. First, how exciting was that to be able to get to go back home and work for that team that you grew up around?
1: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, my wow moment, I guess, in, in, in sports, um, you know, growing up from kind of humble beginnings in Chicago and not necessarily, you know, being able to afford a court seat or, you know, going to those games. Uh, I just remember like three years old, you know, watching the NBA finals with my dad and sitting on his lap, you know what I mean? And Michael Jordan is my favorite athlete of all time. And and I love how he approached the game, right? Like uh, that's how you, you know, get into like, maybe I want to work in sports, right? Like this is a passion of mine. Uh, so you know that was one thing but the the best thing for me uh, was also providing that experience for the first time like for my closest family and friends uh, and and getting the experience of the legendary united center for bulls games and 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 taking people who've never been able to maybe afford it or get that type of experience uh, people are close to your your heart, uh, being able yep. to see, you know, things. I had a friend get married on the court, right. Ah, I had cool. my uh, nephews get a pass on Rondo on the court, like things that like I wish I experienced yep. at a young age, yep. uh, I was able to provide that, you know, for my family. So that was really important for me. Uh, and that was my favorite experience, uh, kind of working back, uh, with my hometown bulls.
0: And I'm sure you probably had friends coming out of the woodwork Oh, oh. these are the Bulls. Hey, do you remember me? We went to third grade together. You know, you <laughs> threw a kickball at my head, you owe me tickets. I can only imagine.
1: Oh oh man, my, my inbox, uh, my DM
0: was lit. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Well, you know, as, as you were at the Bulls, not only were you leading a team, but you're also actively selling. So kind of going back to efficiency, how are you balancing your time each and every day between leading a team, but also selling? Yeah, I
1: always say I don't have the right answer. It was a a huge challenge um, for me. Um, And again, there's no right answer uh, to this, but uh, the biggest thing is being selfless and understanding your journey. You know, you got to put in extra hours, you know, to get the job done. Um, And, you know, I had for sure extra vigor and passion because I wanted the Bulls to be so successful. Um, you have to kind of plan out your day before you head into the office um, and maximize your time when you're available to sell and make it count. Um, I I leaned a lot on, you know, taking over kind of the mentor, you know, program for our AEs uh, and, you know, giving them instruction, having them kind of run the day-to-day as I had big picture, uh, you know, ideas uh, for a sales team and implemented training that way. So uh, I leaned on people, right? I I leaned on some of our best uh, to help navigate the training in the day to day. Um, But to say it was easy, uh, I'll be lying. um, But it was something that I really uh, liked because it uh, allowed me to uh, kind of do both and get back into sales and learn um, a lot more.
0: No, it makes sense. And you know, as you're selling, how do you feel like selling alongside some of the people you're leading helped really gain that immediate respect?
1: Yeah. As uh, you know, coming into the bulls uh, from a ticket sales side, I was like one of their first managers to, you know, come in as a manager. Uh, they usually develop, you know, in-house. So I knew this was a good opportunity uh, for me uh, to, you know, walk to walk and talk to talk um, Yeah, exactly. and, and gain immediate uh, respect from the Bulls veterans who've been there for, you know, 15, 20 years. Um, uh, and this kind of chuckled down to my sales team as well. Uh, it's the first time I've ever sold with them. So um, in order for me to get, Hey, you need to hit the phone. I needed to hit the phones or you need to yep. have appointments. I needed to have appointments. Um, I was literally doing what I was saying and it made right. the buying process actually a lot easier.
0: So for the leaders out there and certainly the aspiring leaders that don't necessarily maybe have a sales goal in front of them, what's your advice on why they should still be trying to sell at points during the day and right alongside their team members?
1: Oh, well, one of the biggest things is, uh, you know, find your own goals, right? I think that's the initiative uh, that uh, leaders look for. Um, you know, you might not have, uh, the goals right in front of you but if you can kind of think uh, and quantitate like what do you want this to look like um, start writing those down and have your own goals and your own vision uh, to what you're going to do you should always uh, you know go out like your, your touch points right first um, yep. because this is a big part of the process right like how many emails how many calls how many uh, you know text messages am I going to do right uh, this shows a dedication uh, to just understanding that the minimally the amount of contacts you're going to make is that eventually you're going to turn into something. So yep. you're not always going to have a sales manager that's micromanaging you, right? Like it, that's, that, that's the biggest uh, thing uh, that there is, right? Um, but you're going to find your internal drive to be great. And that's going to be, you know, being able to create your own goals.
0: That's awesome. And Anthony, you then, you know, after a few years, you move on into the senior manager of ticket sales with the Bulls, where you're now focusing on overseeing the, the account executive staff and, and certainly the restructure of the organization and culture. So why is culture, you know, we've talked on this podcast already about the importance of people, but specifically as it pertains to culture, why is it so important to you? And what are the keys that you feel to bring and build a successful sales culture?
1: Uh, absolutely. And I give a lot of credit to the Bulls, you know, leadership team and uh, allowing us to kind of think differently. Uh, and, you know, how do we get this culture uh, that was already great to be, you know, a million times better, right? They already had a successful culture. How do we even make it better? I think that overall, the overall culture for an organization is important uh, to your overall goals, right? It needs to be, a, it needs to be the same type of alignment uh, because it's how you define talent and, who you want to be in your particular industry, right? Like, um, you know, if you don't have any structure or goals, you know, attached to what your organizational vision is, uh, how do you find that person to add to it? Right. Like if you don't have that and for salespeople, you know, uh, you know, it's a little bit more important
0: <laughs> than, <laughs> to say the least.
1: Yes. They're on the front lines, you know, meeting with customers, uh, you know, for your organization, um, yep. You know, they, a good rep gets rejected 90% of the time, right? Like, right. Like um, And how do we create the mindset and culture that it's okay? You know, we really focus on effort, you know, resilience um, and, you know, what we hang our hat on, right? Like uh, you have to define culture um, yep. and what you stand for and provide action behind it. So, you know, for, for me here, it was, you know, really... Diving into commission structures, you know, sales contests, team outings, training and development, one-on-ones, access to the leaders in the departments, putting plans together. Uh, yes, it was a rocky road, but we're going to get this thing, you know, going um, in the right way because we, we built it with the mindset of here's how we want to, yep. uh, you know, create this culture in sales, right? Um, right. And then we go from there.
0: So Anthony, you know, as as you were building out a great culture with the Bulls, certainly came from a great culture with the Spurs. You're at hometown. You're back in Chicago, your family, your friends. Then ultimately, you know, 10 11 months ago you move out west. How difficult was that decision for you?
1: It was a, a very difficult decision. Um and you know, it took me a while to, you know, process everything. Um you know, I think they say, like, you, you don't want to work for your, you know, your favorite team. Well, that's actually false in my <laughs> opinion. Uh, I, I think that as long as you have the the mindset of this is a business, right, and you're trying to develop business and, and grow the business, there's no other place to do it like that, and, you know, to your favorite team. Um, but, you know, leaving family again uh, was very, very tough. Um, but I knew that uh, with the Coyotes, uh, there was a bigger picture. Um bigger than the Coyotes, you know, uh, and it was bigger, as big as the NHL, right? Um, Diversity uh, and and inclusion and equity, uh, you know, in the NHL is really, really important on the forefront. Uh, I want to make that clear. Uh, We want to diversify the sport. And uh, the best way to do it is by me jumping in there and saying, hey, you know, I'm in hockey. Mm-hmm. Who's coming with me, right? Like, yep. uh, and really changing that, that mindset and that process, uh, really for people of color, uh, for, you know, uh, the LGBTQ community, uh, which is very, very important. Um, yep. and, and, and just the, the leadership uh, that's here and the mindset that they have, uh, it just matched kind of where I wanted
0: to go in my career. And it all kinds of comes down to the thing we've been talking about a lot is people, right? You know, that you knew that there's the right people to work alongside and with and to help build that right culture. And Andy, you've certainly had a great career and a fun journey. As you look back at your entire career, what's been your best memory?
1: I have two. Uh, my first best memory um, is, you know, being part of an organization that, that gets the ultimate goal of winning a championship, right? Like, it's the hard work that you see people put in, in, in and out um, and, you know, to see everyone so excited and, um, you know, on the same page and just really uh, happy uh, was just an amazing experience for me, you know, yep. getting to go on a parade and, and, just seeing everyone accomplish their goal, which, which is amazing. And I really uh, I appreciate Spursports person Entertainment, uh, how they kind of did everything. It was just an amazing memory.
0: And, and, secondly, I, always, and I always ask real quick. I'm sorry. I always ask the guests when they get the the opportunity to win a championship, and not all of us do. Do you wear Do you wear the ring?
1: Uh, well, when I the first few years with the Spurs after I did, and it was more for recruiting uh, purposes oh, yeah. to get you know, my ring's out, I'm, I'm you signing you up it to, the you know, Here work on the Spurs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, when I went to the Bulls, I'm like, I got six rings. I'm like, all right, all right, maybe yeah. I don't. Maybe right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was a, a great, you know, kind of a fun tool to use uh, to, you know, recruit some top talent uh, yep. for the organization. Um, my second thing, though, is like my, my favorite memory is like uh, the you know, Bulls games and And I was able to kind of work instant replay for the NBA uh, because they needed some extra help internally. Uh, So, you know, being a huge UBA nerd sitting there and kind of helping with replays and being courtside was, you know, quite the experience I'll never forget. And it was a, a great opportunity for me. And I obviously thank the Bulls for that.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, Anthony, this has been great. Certainly great to hear advice from someone that's yes. worked and led in six different leagues. Certainly appreciate all of your advice and insight. So to close out, I'd like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this?
1: Let's do it, Travis.
0: Well, you know, it, the hustle hot seat is certainly, you know, there for you where, you know, over the last couple of weeks it's been 100 and 115 <laughs> degrees. So what has been your favorite activity to do in Arizona thus far?
1: Give me a pool day any day, my friend. Uh, relaxing. Uh, they have a really cool like daytime resort passes that you can go and just get a cabana, right? Or just go in the pool. So um, this summer, my ideal time to be outside is in the pool with a potential drink in my hand.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. If you had to delete all but three apps from your phone, which ones are you keeping?
1: Uh, I have to keep my maps because I'm not that great at directions. <laughs> So I always use my maps. Um DoorDash, uh, I use this quite often. Um, you know, great food options, yeah. and, you know, can just get that delivered. And then uh, my daycare app for my daughter, will, um, you know, they do a great job of sending me videos and pictures throughout the day. And it just really makes me happy uh, when you're having a tough day. You, you go to those videos, and you're like, OK, it's all going to be better. So I definitely can't get that um, it removed from my phone.
0: Nice. If you have to make one call to someone for advice, who are you calling?
1: Uh, I call this person every day, uh, when I'm leaving the office, it's my mom. Nice. Uh, I call her every day for 30 minutes, uh, to, you know, get my head right and we talk. And, um, I ended up, uh, just you know, going right inside, but, uh, I definitely use her still for advice, um, uh, on life.
0: That's awesome. Well, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day?
1: Yeah, I think it's. I always talk very simple terms. Um, be a good person, right? I think it's, uh, you know, very, you know, easy for us to, you know, get caught on uh, just yourself and kind of uh, being selfless and a good person is going to be uh, the number one objective in leadership. And then understanding really the the mission and vision of your organization. Like if you really don't understand it you're never going to accomplish uh, the goals of your particular department or overall goals of your organization. And then uh, do more than what your current role entails. uh, Go go above and beyond uh, your job scope. I know uh, for young professionals and leaders, you're always looking for the next step. Um, Live in a moment, you know. I sold and I managed, you know, I, you know, created, you know, and I was just a man. So go above and beyond, um, and then let those opportunities come to you as long as you're doing the right thing.
0: Great advice. You know, talking about, you know, being a good person, understanding the vision, understanding your own vision. And, and I love it doing more, right? If you want a promotion, start doing that work prior to the title or the responsibility. And you have that easy transition into it. So Anthony, again, thank you so much. You certainly had a great career, always a pleasure talking to you. And I appreciate your time and expertise today.
1: Thank you, Travis. And uh, when are you going to come out and visit me?
0: I'm going to have to soon, certainly. All right. You can get, All in, right. get in that well, pool for sure. Well, again, <laughs> this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week.